Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, I'm Lyndon. I'm Anya, and this is Grave Danger. Happy New Year's. Happy 2022. Hopefully it's better than 2021. Yeah, very exciting. We, I did have COVID and then we had some more COVID scares amongst the group, even though like completely unrelated to. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. We weren't even in the same fucking city or state. But we are good to go now and ready to get the year started. We have some fun things planned with like TikTok and all that. So follow our TikTok. We'll have it linked. It'll be... Super quirky fun for everyone. Maybe <laughs> true crime stuff, horror stuff, adventures, and... I'm probably going to talk about some anthropology stuff, too. Yeah, psychology things, too. It'll be fun. Go give it a follow. Good talk. <laughs> oh, also, we're doing a thing, too, with our email subscription list now. You can subscribe on the site, and we also have it in the link in the Instagram bio. Like, if you just scroll down on the link tree, there's an option for you to sign up for it right there. And for every episode, we'll email out the actual, like, show notes of the case. Like, the whole, like, the entire case. And so if you want that stuff and the photos and all that as well, they can be on the email if you subscribe. Uh, so, starting this year out with a bang. And by bang, I mean probably one of the worst cases we are ever going to cover. Great. Yeah. It is a rough one. Big trigger warning sexual assault. There is a lot of that in this case. There is also torture involved. So it's just like an overall bad case. So if you what the fuck? want to skip this case, you very much can. And you can hang out with us next week. Can I skip this case? No. <laughs> but it's not super long. So yeah, I don't know if that makes it better or not. But <laughs> no. And this keeps like tapping. So yeah, let's get into it, I guess. We don't have to. <laughs> it does take place in Japan, so I did go through and try to look up how to pronounce these names and cities and all that stuff as much as I can. I apologize now if I pronounce anything wrong, because that very well might happen. So, Junko Fuda was born on January 18th, 1971. She grew up with her parents and two brothers in Misato City, Saitama Prefecture in Japan. She attended Yashio Minami High School in Misato and was a pretty active, outgoing, and smart teenager. She had good grades in her classes, and according to her vice principal, she was only absent for like a day or two in the last three years. She also worked a part-time job at a plastic molding factory after school to save up money for a graduation trip that she had planned. I didn't even know that plastic molding was a thing. You know, I feel like it makes sense it makes now sense. that I'm yeah. saying it yeah, out loud, like but that. like in my head, I'm like, what yeah. the hell is a plastic holding <laughs> factory? Uh, she had already decided on her career for when she graduated that upcoming March. She had a job offer at a consumer electronics retailer and she had high hopes for the future. 
She did not smoke, did not drink any alcohol, didn't do drugs, which was seen as very uncool in the eyes of her peers there. But despite that, she was still quite popular and had a seemingly bright future ahead of her. Good for her. Yeah. Then she met 18-year-old Hiroshi Miyano. That's never a good way to start a story. <laughs> right then. Uh, Hiroshi was well-known as a school bully. He's often seen bragging about his connections to Yakuza, a powerful Japanese organized crime syndicate. Uh, he had a history of problematic behavior since elementary school, such as shoplifting and damaging school property. And he continued to commit several crimes that escalated over time. And according to their classmates, Hiroshi had a crush on Junko and asked her out, but Junko wasn't looking for a relationship and turned him down. And he was enraged by this because no one had ever turned him down. Mm, I hate entitled men. <laughs> a few days later, on November 25th, 1989, that's when the story takes place, uh, Hiroshi was hanging out with his friend, 16-year-old Shinji Minato, around a local park in Misato with the intention of robbing and raping local women, as they regularly did. Oh my god. Yeah. Around 8.30pm, the boys noticed Junko on her bicycle on her way home from her job. As directed by Hiroshi, Shinji kicked Junko off her bike, expertly creating a diversion, at which point Hiroshi stepped in, pretending to be an innocent and concerned bystander. After helping her up, he asked if she wanted an escort home, which Junko unwittingly accepted, and she never made it home. Instead, Hiroshi led her to an abandoned warehouse where he told her of his Yakuza connections and raped her in the warehouse and then again in a nearby hotel they went to, threatening to kill her and her family if she made a sound. Jesus fuck. It only gets worse. <laughs> this, it's... We could just end it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. We could just end it there. <laughs> From the hotel, Hiroshi called Shinji and his other friends Joe Ogura and Yasushi Watanabe and bragged to them about the rape. Joe reportedly asked him to keep her in captivity in order to allow numerous people to sexually assault her. And this group did have a history of gang rape and had recently kidnapped and raped another girl whom they released afterward. Why? Like, do, is, do people... They are children, too. They're literally, like, yeah, 16, 18, yeah. But the fact that they have a history of doing mm -hmm. this and nobody knows it, like, did nobody know about it? Well, the, he has the connection to Yakuza, and so that's, like... I get that it's, like, you know, protection, yeah. but, like, still, like, you, you can't get yeah. away with that shit. They, yeah. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Around 3 a.m. that night, he or she took Junko to a nearby park where he met up with them, and the four boys overpowered her and took her to Shinji's parents' house in the Ayase district of Adachi and continued to rape her. On November 27, Junko's parents contacted the police about her disappearance. To discourage further investigation, the boys forced her to call her mother and say she had run away, but she was safe and staying with some friends. When Shinji's parents were around, Junko was forced to act as his girlfriend, and they eventually dropped this act when it became clear that his parents would not report them to the police. The Monados stated that they did not intervene because they were aware of Hiroshi's Yakuza connections and feared retaliation, and because their own sons was increasingly violent towards them. But even still, they were not fully aware of everything that was happening in their home. I... no. <laughs> no. So over the course of 40 days, Junko Furuta was raped over 400 times by he or she and his friends, as well as other boys they knew who may invited over and encouraged to hurt her. 
According to their statements, the four that night, the four shaved her pubic hair and then lit it on fire when it was taking too long. And then throughout the 40 days, they forced her to dance to music while naked, masturbate in front of them, left her on the balcony in the middle of night with little clothing. They inserted objects into her vagina and anus, including a lit match, fireworks that did go off in her, scissors, metal rod, a bottle, and even a lit light bulb until it broke, and force-fed her large amounts of alcohol, milk, and water, as well as make her eat cockroaches and drink her own urine. She was also forced to smoke multiple cigarettes at once and inhale paint thinner. This poor girl. Over 40 days. That's... Holy shit. Yes. I don't even know, like, what to say. That's that's fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I can't even imagine that. By the end of December, Jinko was severely malnourished after being fed only small amounts of food and eventually only milk. Due to her severe injuries and infected burns, she became unable to go to the downstairs bathroom and became confined to the floor of the... Minato's moon in a state of extreme weakness and eventually became unable to go to the bathroom at all. And this is, is this still at the parents' house? Yes. And they don't know the extent? They don't know the full extent, no. But they know that they're hurting her and like raping her and stuff, but they don't know like all of these details. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Her body, still very much alive, was hung from the ceiling at points and beaten with golf clubs, bamboo sticks, and iron rods. Her eyelids and genitals were burned with cigarettes, lighters, and hot wax. Junko's appearance was drastically altered from the brutality of the attacks. Her face was so swollen that it made it difficult to make out her features, and her body was also severely crippled, giving off a rotting smell that caused the four boys to lose sexual interest in her. And as a result, the boys kidnapped and gained rape another 19-year-old woman who, like Junko, was on her way home from work. And they did that like while still having Junko and stuff, yeah. Twice the police were alerted to Jinko's condition, and twice they failed to intervene. The this first- is, this is, like, when you said, like, oh, this is going to be, like, a really bad story, I was like, okay, like, you know, like, this is, like, I, oh my god. Yeah, I was going to do another story that has similar-ish, but it was a lot more popular. This one isn't even covered by a lot of the bigger podcasts when I was looking it up, so I thought this one was better to bring more attention to. And it is still known as one of like, the worst cases to take place in Japan. Uh, worst cases to take place, yeah, in general. period? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is um, fucking insane. Yeah, the first time I ever like heard about it, like years ago, it was like in high school. And it was like on a Facebook post, like just the whole story. Like, I know when we were in the coffee shop like a month or two ago, you were like, oh, I got this like really yeah. bad case that I think needs to like be talked about. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, okay, you know, like. There's, there's bad cases, but, like, this is this is horrible. Yeah, and this one doesn't have nearly as much coverage as it should. Like I s- told you, like, before we started recording, any article that's actually, like, a good source and was trustworthy was only in Japanese. There's, like, no English coverage on it at all. Like, I just had to Google Translate every single thing. I found the court documents, which is a lot of help, but there's, like, no coverage of it here. And then, like, that's why I picked this one over the other one, but, yeah. Still. Jesus fucking Christ. So, yeah, the first time that the police was uh, contacted. A boy who had been invited over to the Minato house by Hiroshi went home after seeing Junko and told his brother about what was happening there, and the brother then told his parents who contacted the police. The police showed up, but were assured by the Minato family that there was no girl inside. The answer was clearly satisfactory enough for the police, and they never returned to the home. 
<laughs> yeah. Like even like like even if they are under like you know the protection of this mm-hmm. crime group, I think that that's an unacceptable response. Oh, facts, yeah. That is completely mm-hmm. unacceptable. Like mm-hmm. even if you were scared of like getting retaliated on, like it's been forty days of this girl getting tortured. They yeah. literally and they've done it before. Yeah. I mean never to this extent, like it was always just kind of like gang rape and then leave like they've never had somebody like be locked in there even house. so like but, yeah like that should be enough oh yeah that should be enough like and th- this is and they just said oh no there's no girl inside oh okay cool oh, i guess oh, we'll yeah. leave <laughs> not like oh maybe we should like can we like at least come in like and check you know yeah. nothing like that like you have a girl strung up upstairs and you 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 have been torturing and they're just like oh okay yeah uh whatever continue the- <laughs> yeah the second time it was junko herself who called the police but before she was able to say anything, the boys discovered her. And then when the police called back, Shinji assured them that it was a mistake. And then they never came to check on anything. Aren't they supposed to come and check? I mean, obviously, this is a different country. Yeah, like... I don't know about there. But usually, like, if you accidentally call the police, yeah, they normally just come out and still. Because that happened to me as a kid. I accidentally called the police and they still had to come. Yeah. Yeah. Because of, like, stuff like this or, yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. If something was happening. This was also in the... 1989, I think it was. Yeah, 1989. I mean, that's not even that long ago. He's like 30 years ago. So as punishment for calling the police, the boys doused her legs in lighter fluid and set her on fire multiple times. Oh my god. Yes. And then on January 4th, 1989, so this is... It's been 40 days at this point. Well, like, 44 days since she's been kidnapped. 40 days of torture. After losing a game of Mahjong against another person the night before... You or she decide to let his anger out on Junko. In his anger, along with the three other boys, they poured lighter fluid onto her thighs, arms, face, and stomach, set her on fire once again. Junko made attempts to put out the fire, but gradually became unresponsive. They continued to punch her, ignited a candle, and dreamt hot wax on her face, placed two short candles on her eyelids to let them melt, and forced her to drink her own urine. After she was kicked, she fell onto a stereo unit and collapsed into a fit of convulsions. Since she was bleeding profusely and pus was emerging from her infected burns, the four boys then covered their hands in plastic bags and continued to beat her, and then dropped an iron exercise ball onto her stomach several times. And the attack reportedly lasted two hours from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., and Junko eventually succumbed to her wounds and died. I know this is going to sound horrible, but I am glad that she didn't oh, have to yeah. go through that anymore there was times that they mentioned that she would just egg them like just just kill me at this point like i yeah i wish that it had been any other situation or that the police would actually you know do their Shut- fucking jobs yeah. at that point i'm i'm just glad that she didn't have to deal with the pain of that anymore because mm-hmm. that's like that's i wouldn't wish that on to oh no anybody mm-hmm. like that's fucking crazy that's the worst thing that could like ever ever like yeah okay and then it's just combining everything of like being freezing being lit on fire they like they did everything possible yeah literally anything imaginable to Mm -hmm. this girl and they did it yeah like i i know this sounds horrible but i if i was at that point i would also yeah i would just be happy that it was over Mm -hmm. i wish it ended any other way but At least she's not, like, you know, in pain anymore at that point. Yeah. So, afraid of being charged for murder, the group discussed on how to throw away Junko's body. Not for anything else. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
and remembered that there was a story in a graphic novel that he or she had read before, that the corpse was stuffed with concrete and abandoned, so they wrapped her body in blankets and shoved her into a travel bag. Then they took things from Hiroshi's work and put her body in a 55-gallon drum with both hands holding her knees and filled it with wet cement. Around 8 p.m., they loaded it up and then eventually disposed the drum in a landfill in Koto, Tokyo. On January 23rd, two weeks later, Hiroshi and Joe were arrested for the gang rape of the 19-year-old girl whom they had kidnapped back in December. And then on March 29th, two police officers came to interrogate them, as women's underwear had been found at their addresses at that point. And during the interrogation, Hiroshi believed that one of the officers were aware of his part in Junko's murder when they mentioned an open murder investigation. Thinking that Joe had confessed to the crimes, Hiroshi told the police where to find Junko's body. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Police were initially puzzled by the confession, as they had been referring to the murder of a different woman and her 7-year-old son that occurred nine days prior to Junko's abduction. And that case still remains unsolved. And it wasn't these boys, but that's what they were referring to. Uh, yeah. Okay. So if it wasn't for him thinking that, like, they, this could still be unsolved, too. Because they were, like, he's dead? What? The thing that, like, I'm kind of dumbfounded about, which, you know, I shouldn't be once again because, you know, the police are fucking useless. Mm-hmm. But, um... They didn't charge them for anything else prior to this. And then they found the women's underwear and they were like, oh, maybe we should talk about this. Not like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. the police were called on them previously <laughs> for having a woman in the fucking like house like they were torturing. And mm-hmm. you're just like worried about like finding some women's underwear. Well, that also wasn't them. They don't know that they had police called on them. That's like it wasn't their house. That was No, I know. But I mean, house, like, yeah. they still like were there and they were all tied to it you know mm-hmm. i don't think well at that point they didn't know that either they knew that it was the monado house but that's not but that's not you or she together yeah they don't like unless it's mentioned they don't know they've committed several crimes together yes they have they don't i don't know they what have their, a history yeah, i don't know that. what their history is because at the time they were minors so i don't know if they've like been arrested before or not like they like we know that he or she had like shoplifting convictions and things like that. But I don't know about anything else. So yeah. That um, just irritates me mm-hmm. a lot. No, yeah, fair. <laughs> this whole case, yeah. The police found the drum containing Junko's body the following day. She was identified by her fingerprints. And on April 1st, 1989, Joe Ogua was arrested for a separate sexual assault and then subsequently rearrested for Junko's murder. The arrest Yasushi and Shinji and Shinji's brother followed. Several other accomplices who participated in Junko's abuse were officially identified also, including Tetsuro Nakamura and Koichi Ihara, who were charged with rape after their DNA was found on and inside Junko's body. How, and I know her body was already in horrible condition, but like how would they have found like fingerprints and stuff if your body is put into wet cement and then it solidifies it could like fingerprints could transfer to the cement and stuff too i know but on top of that her entire like her all of her limbs were burned 
That's how you get rid of fingerprints. Maybe they didn't burn their fingers? <laughs> I don't know, because they burned their legs the most. Yeah, but still, like, but I don't, I don't know. It's portal of your arms. I don't know for sure, but that's how they were able to identify us, so I guess. There was at least and then also one or two fingers that were cement will take all of the moisture out of your body, won't it? Oh, I have no idea about that one. I have no idea. Because, like, the way I think about it is if they woke this man stuff and, like, like was taking it off of her, like, carefully and all that, like, you know. It, I feel like the fingerprint could transfer onto the cement, too. I guess. I don't know. Anyway. I, don't know, but I mean, that's all they identified her, so it's good. The identities of the boys were sealed by the court, since they were all juveniles at the time. A journalist from the Shukan Bonshon magazine discovered their identities and published them saying that given the severity of the crime, they did not deserve to have their right to anonymity upheld. Okay, I was going to say that, so that's yeah. not at least yes. yeah. someone on the same <laughs> All four boys pled guilty to committing bodily injury that resulted in death rather than murder. Bitch, what? <laughs> yeah. In July 1990, a lower court sentenced Hiroshi to 17 years in prison. He appealed his sentence, but Tokyo High Court Judge Ryoji Yanasi sentenced him to an additional three years in prison because of the appeal. He was like, no, now you have 20. Still not enough. No, I was going to say yes. that's, that's ridiculous. But that 20-year sentence is the second longest sentence given in Japan before life imprisonment. Hiroshi was 18 at the time of the murder, and his mother reportedly paid 50 million yen, which is 425,000 US dollars, roughly in compensation ordered by the civil court and also i didn't know this at the time until looking it up you considered a minor until 20 in japan so he is still considered a minor i know it's another country but i still think that 20 years for like literally torturing yes. somebody is i don't know facts yeah i agree he or she was denied parole in 2004 and then let out in 2010 after serving his 20 years he did continue to be involved in gang activities that he was involved in before and in January 2013, he was rearrested for fraud, but due to in insufficient evidence, he was released without charge later that month. And so now he's just living life. Shinji Minato, who originally received four to six year sentence. It was in his house. Yeah. And again, was re-sentenced to five to nine years by the judge upon trying to appeal it. So this judge just every single time they tried to appeal, they're like, actually, no, you're just getting more years. Honestly, I respect it. Yeah, no, me too. So yeah, he was officially, like, finally sentenced to five to nine years. He was 16 at the time of the murder. And his parents and brother were not charged. It was yeah. in the house. Yes, Junko's parents were very upset about the sentence. And they did win a civil suit against the parents because it was in their home. But they still were never like, sentenced to jail or anything. It was just a, a fine for the civil suit. Hey, um, sorry your daughter was fucking tortured and murdered in our house. Here's some money to make yeah. you feel better. Yeah. After his release, Shinji moved in with his mother. And however, in 2018, he was arrested again for attempted murder after beating a 32-year-old man with a metal rod and slashing his throat with a knife. But the results of, the of that trial was still not public. How is it not public? He's either in prison or not. I don't think the trial's happened yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that was in 2018. He's been arrested, but like he could be held for like years until okay. the actual trial happens. And then Yasushi Watanabe, who was originally sentenced three to four years, and then again received an upgraded sentence to five to seven. Again, only five to seven years sentence. He was 17 at the time of the murder. How do you 
look at these people and say you only get five to seven years they're all so low even the 20 years it's not enough for this i because it wasn't even like a one-time thing like they actively chose to be a part of this for 40 days yeah i don't know i hate it joe ogura served eight years in a juvenile prison before he was released in 2004. He was 17 at the time of the murder, and after his release, he took on the family name Kemisaku when he was adopted by a supporter of his. He is said to have boasted about his role in the kidnapping, rape, and torture of Junko. And in July 2004, he was arrested for assaulting Takutashi Aisono, an acquaintance he thought his girlfriend may have been involved with. Joe tracked him down, beat him, and shoved him into his truck, and then drove from Adachi to his mother's bar in Misato, where he allegedly beat Takatashi for four hours. During that time, Joe repeatedly threatened to kill the man, telling him that he had killed before and knew how to get away with it. He was sentenced to seven years in prison for that assault and has since been released. On top of that, Joe's mother allegedly vandalized Junko's grave, stating that she had ruined her son's life. And it's also been reported that Joe had depleted his father's savings that he had attempted to provide as restitution to Junko's family. Oh my. <laughs> what? Like, the you... mom vandalizing the grave and stuff? Like, what? Like, how are these parents just like, oh yeah, my son's in the right? Yeah, right? Yeah, you know, like, mistakes happen. You just fucking tortured, killed this girl for 40 days of torture. Like, and, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's, continue it's to not your on. fault. It's. It's her fault. Yeah. And then continue to go on later and almost killing another man. And like, <laughs> I, yeah. Like, okay. it's not, he's not a good guy. I don't know what they're not seeing at this point. You know, I respect the dad at least for, you know, trying to, like, I don't know, at least, like, give money or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, like, help out, like, not help out, but, like, you know. And then it still couldn't because of Drew. Yeah. Yeah. So, like us, many, many still believe that the sentences were too light. But the Japanese juvenile court system is largely geared towards rehabilitation of criminals rather than handing out harsh sentences. And because of that, it has restrictions on the number of years that a juvenile is allowed to be charged. So that's also why it was so low. Like, I'm on board with rehabilitation of prisoners. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, I've talked about this before on the podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the crime. Yeah, on top of that, it seems like they really didn't, like, try and... You better after. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the, the guys. I'm talking okay. about the system. Mm. If you have these people that are obviously, like, very, like, have a history of being this violent and everything, mm-hmm. I think that it you need to really, like, work on rehabilitation and everything with them. And I, to the extent that they, like, went and committed severe crimes afterwards as well, mm-hmm. I think the court system and the prison system failed in their attempt to rehabilitate. Because if, if you are more geared towards rehabilitation of prisoners, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good idea. I respect that. I think it's a very good way to look at the prison system. Mm-hmm. But if you're not actually like actively rehabilitating them and then afterwards making sure that they actually have like, I don't know, some resources to continue on the rehabilitation mm-hmm. that they had received. Because mm-hmm. if you just like go back out into the world and it's like, okay, no, I don't have money. I, I don't know anything that's going on because I've been in prison for like five to seven years or like how many other years it's been. Like you're going to go back out in the world and you're going to just turn back to what you know, because you know that that's going to get you money. You know, that's gonna, they're, they're still going to give you protection and stuff like they did previously. So like, I think that the rehabilitation that they claim to do is failing to this extent, they need to re 
evaluate what they mean by rehabilitation and if that's what's causing them to not give longer sentences like they need to at least fix that part of it because if that's the reason and that they're still failing at that Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge problem with the system 100 percent, yeah so that's why it was so low still um not good enough but no i don't think it was good enough so junko's funeral was held on april 2nd 1989 and it was broadcasted on tv showing many people involved there's a lot of people that attended it junko's intended future employer presented her parents with the uniform that she would have won in the position that she accepted the uniform was placed in her casket at her graduation, Junko's school principal presented her high school diploma, which was given to the parents. And the location where her body was discovered has been developed since and is now Wakasu Park. I just have a question. Mm-hmm. So Junko's parents, right? Mm-hmm. During this time, like, what did they think about the investigation and stuff that was going into this? Because if all of these guys had been involved with it mm-hmm. and there was ties that, like, Hiroshi had been bragging about, his ties to all of this and how he has proven to be like a violent person like mm-hmm. in his past you know at that point and she had rejected him and stuff i think that that would have been kind of an important part of the investigation at least that they could like at least like look into him and then along with him also having ties to shinji and the police coming to their house because of them saying that there was a girl getting like tortured there i, I feel like there's a lot of connections here that they should have been able to make and if I was her parents, I would be livid with the way that everything is handled. Like, that didn't say anything about that. It's hard to find any, like, exact things they said, because, like, I think a lot of it's just lost in translation, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, But they were very upset with the sentences that everybody got. They've made that clear. Like, yeah, they're very not happy with that. As far as before they found Junko and before, like, he had basically admitted to it, like, during interrogation... I don't think there was any, like, thoughts of her being kidnapped or possibly already killed at that point because they had reported her missing, like, literally a day after she was gone, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but they forced her to call her parents and be like, hey, I think I'm just with a friend. I know. But that also seems very out of character for her. That's also very true, yeah. She wasn't missing very much school. It was over winter break. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like if it wasn't, like, a winter break, maybe that'd be completely different since she never missed school. I don't know. There's not much like on that part. It's just because there was no like active. Hey, I think somebody kidnapped my kid. That like that was not like an active investigation that was going on. So I don't think they really made those connections until they found out about it. Which I'm sure they look back now and they're like, oh, here, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the time of the, like during that 40 days, I don't think those connections were ever even like being looked into as possibilities. As a parent, I'd be so like. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could not live with that. Mm-hmm during the funeral one of her friends stated quote Junchan, welcome back i'd never imagined that we would see you again in this way you must have been in so much pain so much suffering we'll never forget you i've heard that the principal has presented you with a graduation certificate so we graduated together all of us Junchan, there's no more pain no more suffering please rest in peace depressing i wish it would have ended differently and even like after how it ended like with them admitting and all that i wish they would have had more repercussions than, like, 20 years being the max out of all of them. Especially since rehabilitation didn't fucking work. Yeah, that they all continue to still do things. Yeah, this case isn't as super well-known here, and it is still still one of the worst cases to happen in Japan. I think it's good that we went over it. Mm-hmm. I think it's good that we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Especially since it isn't well-known, and, you know, this is, like, some really fucked-up stuff. Yeah. I think that 
it's good that she's just living on through, you know, a lot of people knowing about it and everything, mm-hmm. even though this happened to her. And I like that they, what they gave to her after, like employer presenting uniforms, giving her high school diploma, like all that stuff. Yeah, I think that was very, very respectful. It's her case to start the new year. I have no comments. <laughs> I am all commented out. That was a lot. Yeah. Pictures and everything will be on our website, and hopefully we'll be sending out a newsletter and our email if you guys are interested in that. Once again, follow us on the Instagram and TikTok now. Well, we should be starting to post on the TikTok soon, and we'll let you guys know when that starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Hopefully in the next week or two. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week on Grave Danger. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.